can you succeed in raising your children to have unshakable faith in Jesus Christ, especially when the odds seem to be stacked so high against you? Our children are bombarded with images and messages every day that contradict the teachings of Jesus. And as parents, it's easy for us to feel outmanned and outgunned in our battle to shape their hearts and minds into committed followers of Christ. But the victory is ours for the taking. God has given us everything we need to equip our children for the life He's called them to. So join us today as we engage in the crucial conversations that will help you discover and apply the tools you need to raise your kids with unshakable faith in Jesus. And now, welcome to Unshakable Faith. Well, hello everyone. I'm Dr. Steve Hubler, President of Legacy Family Ministries. And I'm Melissa Hubler. And we are your hosts for Unshakable Faith. And we're here with our team member, Amy Sun, today. She's our Director of Women's Mentorship and our Child Discipleship Specialist. So, Amy, welcome back again. Thank you so much. We're having so much fun, we can't let you go. (laughs) I love being here. Well, we want to extend a very warm welcome to all of you, whether you're joining us live or you're joining us through our podcast. And I invite you to stay with us for the next half hour as we dive into a really difficult topic, and that is, how can we respond when one of our children have experienced something negative inside the church that is making them want to turn away from their faith. Unfortunately, these types of events are not that uncommon. There are plenty of examples of toxic church experiences that we've observed personally, I'm sure. In fact, maybe you've even been the victim of one of these incidences, and now your child is facing the same kind of challenge. Or maybe you've just been the victim of one, and now your kids are watching to see how you respond to it. Well, before we get started on this today, I want to let you know that we at Legacy Family Ministries want parents to be equipped with resources at your fingertips so you can develop an unshakable faith in your kids. We have a resource library that is stocked full of free tools for you. We have videos on tough topics, blogs, podcasts, newsletters, and downloadable resources, and we add to our resources every week. The easiest way for you to access all of this is to go to our website at unshakablepodcast.com, or you can text RESOURCE to 602-TRUST14, where you can get links to downloadable resources and sign up for a newsletter. Thanks, Melissa. Well, I want to kick off our conversation today by taking just a few minutes to acknowledge what some of these toxic events look like that I was talking about in the opening. I think that some of you are going to be able to relate to a few of these very personally, or maybe they'll just reflect what your child is dealing with right now. Or, But either way, taking a look at this toxic church hall of fame, as I call it, is going to help us appreciate the importance of the challenge in front of us when it's ours or our child's faith that's being damaged. And um, I, I actually came across an article earlier in the week. It was uh, called Faith No More, and then there was a subtitle to it. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but I wanted to share some of the examples from that. But I wanted to start off with a, a couple of personal ones. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, and I was still kind of deciding whether or not I was going to believe in God, my dad was telling a story that uh, he was a part of this this little church, um, 
in in the town that he was stationed in. He was in the Marine Corps, and uh, you know he attended there, sang in the choir, all that. And then he got sent off to Korea, and he was gone for a long time. He did several tours over there, and then he came home. And when he came home, he rejoined his church. And uh, a couple days after he got back, um, definitely torn up from the war. He had you know he'd been hit a few times in in gunfire and shrapnel and stuff like that. I mean all kinds of stuff. It was war, uh, Korean War. That's I don't know if I mentioned that. But anyways, the the pastor of the church shows up at his house and gave him a bill for back tithing from when he was gone. Which is ridiculous. It's crazy. I've never heard of that before, but it It, is in this Hall of Fame. So It really injured him. Yeah, he was never the same with church after that. I mean, I never saw a real positive attitude towards church in general from my dad because of that injury. It was that big of a deal. Right. And that affected not only your dad, but your entire family to some Mm -hmm. degree later on. Yeah. Reading this article that you mentioned earlier this week was just so sad to me. And we've got just a list of quotes that came directly out of that. One of them says, I was 15. My father was diagnosed with ALS. I had gone to the youth group and they had a circle of teenagers talking about things going on in their lives. When it was my turn, I shared that my father was dying. I was angry and said something like, I doubted there was a God if this could happen. I got chewed out for questioning God and the kids refused to talk to me the rest of the night. You would think that I had killed someone. It was that strong of a reaction. For somebody who is dealing with that kind of pain, the church should be embracing them, not chewing them out. Yeah. And this one says, when I was a kid, I got a lot of non-answers to all of my questions. Telling a kid that you just have to have faith is a dumb way to respond to an inquisitive mind. And I would have to agree, but it's really the response to both of these is not understanding yourself. If you don't understand or you don't have the answers, it's easier to shut someone down or shut them out than to confess that, you know, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know why this is happening right now, but let's go to God's word and find out, or let's pray about it and find out. You know, having, knowing how to respond in those situations, honestly, can save a whole lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was another one here that, that popped out to me that really broke my heart because it, uh, it, it, I guess it piggybacked on something that I got to see up close and personal when I was, uh, young in my own faith. And uh, this this quote is from a, a young girl, and uh, she said, I was told that being sexually abused was a good thing because God needed to teach me a lesson. I was only seven when the abuse occurred. And it's like, you know, th- that's one of those ones that you read and you just go, wow. Mm. Talk about, you know, missing the point. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, there was a, the reason that I said this, this kind of re- echoed, my own experience, not because I was sexually abused. I wasn't, thank God. But there's a member of my family that uh, was just coming around. She was interested in Jesus, and uh, she got involved in a youth group at a church I didn't go to. I'd, I'd never been there. I don't I don't remember the name of the church, but she was doing really well. And uh, all of a sudden, she just shut off. And then the, the youth pastor started coming by our house. And uh, when I probed a little bit deeper, found out that basically he had made a move on on this young lady who was about 13 years old at the time. And I think he was 20-something, early 20s. But it's like, on this one, I got to see the damage is done. This young lady, which is no not young anymore, but uh, she is far from Jesus as a result of that day and, and that kind of toxic mm-hmm. church. Yeah, these are... These are difficult stories. This this is not the kind of stuff that uh, I think any of us likes to talk about. But um, like I said, I, I bring it up because it's real and it happens and people are damaged by it. And it 
it, they walk away from the church because of it. Well, and we need to have a response to people because there are a lot of people who are very, very angry and a lot of kids, teenagers, or even younger kids who are angry and they don't want to be in church. And we need to understand their heart behind it, understand why, and then be able to show them the heart of Jesus. Because it's in showing them the heart of Jesus that you can then lead them back on a different path. Mm -hmm. And that really does kind of open up the door for where we're going, because, uh, you know, it's one thing to acknowledge that the church makes mistakes. Uh, There are imperfect people in the church, but it's a whole other conversation when, when you start talking about, so what do we do? You know, if it's your child, it's someone that you love that's been wounded this way, um, you know, what are some practical steps that you can take? And, and the first one is, is, well, they're all pretty straightforward. The first one is tend to the wound. I think one of the first things that we need to do when we begin addressing a challenge like this with our children is just to acknowledge what happened and to do it with great honesty and with great compassion. You know, when our kids get a physical injury, you know, say they crash on their bike, like I've never done this in my life, and they've got rocks and stuff ground into their their knees, you know, the first thing that you have to do is clean the wound and examine it and, you know, see what it is you're dealing with. And I think the same principle applies when something like this happens, you know, when you have that moment to sit down and open up the conversation and just be real about what it is that happened. Yeah, with it, when it comes to a physical injury like that example, we spring into action and we know what to do. And so we do it, we get the job done. But when it comes to this, fear tends to come in and shut us down. I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to say. So instead of seeking you, Lord, on how to do this, we shut down, we push them away, we say, we make excuses. I think we pretend it didn't happen. Right. Uh, Because we just simply don't know how or don't know what to do. But the first step is just listen. Give them an opportunity to share. If it's your child, listen to them. Don't shut them down, but give them a chance to say what happened. Hold them if they're crying and they're hurting, but just love on them and, uh, and listen. That's the first step. Well, and know that that's not a one-time event. It's not a one and done because emotional hurts don't, they don't heal quite as fast as what a physical one does. And so when weeks later, you're revisiting the same conversations because the healing hasn't really fully taken place yet. So be patient and just continue to give that love. Part of the acknowledgement of acknowledging what happened and what was wrong is knowing that there was a lie that was presented that that person now believes about themselves. And that's why the wound isn't healing. So what is what is that lie? Let's look at what the lie is. What are you believing about yourself? And then take that to Jesus. And what does scripture say that Mm -hmm. counteracts that lie? Yeah. And get truth into them. Yeah. What is what does Jesus say? This is what you're believing. So now just ask Jesus, what do you believe about me? Do you believe that's true? And allow Jesus himself to minister to your heart. And you might not know it in the moment. You might not have the answers or know what the truth is. And it's okay to say that to your child. Let's find out together. Let's journey this together. Let's get into God's word. Let's research this. Let's see what he says and grow together. You don't have to be the know-it-all. I'm the authority in this. You can learn together and walk with your child through the healing process. You know, I wanted to come back to something that uh, a thought that you gave me, Amy, when you were talking about your initial response and you were talking about the way that you may feel. Well, I thought about anger because mm. I think that uh, maybe I'm the only person out here that would react like this. I don't think I am. <laughs> when somebody hurts your kids, you want to lash out. Yeah. Um, at least I do. The mama bear and, and, and the women come out. That's yeah, happened everybody before. talks about mama bear. Well, papa bear's around too. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you do it to my kid. You, know, you want to run down there and chew him out or whatever. It's like, no, no, that's, that's not helpful. But um, the part that I'm concerned about is, okay, if I'm going to address my kid's wound 
And I'm going to I'm going to try to walk through that. Just acknowledge it. Yes, this happened. This is real. I understand how you're you're feeling. You know, will tell me more about how you're feeling, that sort of thing. I, I need to make sure that I'm not going to allow my anger to enter into the situation. I need to be a grown up and take my anger and put it on the back shelf for now until I can talk to Jesus about it and deal with that part myself. Um, but I don't want to jump into a bag session on the church, because if you agree with them about ixnaying the church out of their life, you're going to have a real hard time getting them back into fellowship later when the healing comes. So it's like that's a big pitfall that we have to watch out, bringing our own emotions, our, maybe even our own negative experiences into the situation when, we're, when we should be dealing with how they feel, you know, especially if it's something I mean, if somebody gets offended, that's one thing. If they're abused, that's serious. You know, that may need some follow-up stuff, like some real counseling. Yeah, or the law being involved. Right. Sometimes it's us that cause the wound. Sometimes we as parents don't know how to respond, and so we shut down our child because we don't know how to respond. You know, one of these was a grandmother uh, from the article we talked about earlier that says, When I was a kid, I asked my grandmother where God came from. She smacked me across the face and said, we don't ask questions like that. I was just being curious, and her reaction shocked me. Sometimes we react out of our ignorance or out of um, fear, fear or whatever it might be that we're confused ourselves, and we hurt our own children. So when we come to that understanding, oh, I did that, we need to go to our child and ask for forgiveness and tell them, I I did not know. I'm really sorry that I responded that way. Let's talk about it now. You know, I had a situation yesterday with my son. I had a bad headache and we're driving on the freeway and he comes up with this big theological question and I wanted to shut him down in that moment because that's where I was at in my head. And I had to take a minute and think and stop and say, all right, no, don't alienate him from the Lord in this moment because of a headache. And so I said, can you give me a couple minutes to think about that? And then I prayed, Lord, remind me what truth is and how to answer this question. And God did. And then we were able to have a conversation about it. So pausing can be really important. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to Unshakable Faith, a broadcast of Legacy Family Ministries. We are talking today about painful experiences that many people have had in the church and how to overcome that to be a person of faith. We want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have questions, comments, or a topic that you would like to discuss on the air, would you text us at 602-TRUST-14 or leave a comment on our website at unshakablepodcast.com. Thanks, Melissa. Well, Jump back into the conversation here. Once we've tended to the wound, once we've addressed the negative experience that our kid has suffered, it's it's time to take some positive action there. I know we've kind of hit on some of this stuff already, but there's a couple of things that I want to pull out, namely prayer and then how we respond to the church. And um, prayer is is the vertical thing, right? Responding to the church would be the horizontal. But uh, I think that uh, probably prayer is a good place to start. Prayer is always a good place. (laughs) Yeah, I, I say that with a smile. I know you all can't see that, but uh, I say that with a smile because, of course, we start with prayer. And it's not just a one-off, one prayer, and then it's done. I'm talking about a posture of prayer and a habit of prayer that needs to accomplish the whole restoration process that our kid goes through. Right, and it's not a begging God to intervene or make this stop or... We're not begging him to do anything, but we're recognizing that we have authority that's been given to us through the name of Jesus and standing in that authority through our prayer life and knowing the truth of what God's word says. It may mean saying no to the enemy. No, you don't get to speak this lie into my child. I bind that in Jesus name. Get away from my child. Saying no to Satan is a really great place in our authority in Jesus through prayer. Mm -hmm. Prayer also is great for 
restoration and healing that it, it takes a lot of, of time. But when we are continually coming before the throne of grace and continually saying, God, my child needs you, what do you want to show them in this? How do you want me to react and respond in this? And just walking where the Spirit leads you moment by moment, day by day, and continuing to just be before the Lord and saying, what do you want me to know in this and how do I act in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been walking with Jesus for 38 years, and I still get surprised when God answers prayer because it's really easy to feel like you're just saying words that float up and bounce off the roof and don't get through to anybody. And then, you know, you pray, especially for someone you love, and then God does something powerful and you get reminded that he really is real and he really is listening and he really does stuff. Yeah, you know, this stuff actually happens. And uh, I have been pleasantly surprised over and over and over again by uh, doing some of the things that you said. And it's like, yeah, I, I know these are big discussions and there's differences of opinion within the, the body of Christ about authority and how it all works and who does what and what does who, the whole thing. But at the end of the day, when my kid is in trouble, um, I go back to things like, look, I have all these victories in Jesus. I'm in him. He's in me. In him, I live and move and have my being. I, I want to live in, in the biblical authority that's been given to me by God. And part of that authority is I'm responsible for my kids. They are under my care. Mm-hmm. So I will stand in that and I will pray for their, you know, their deliverance from something, their healing from something, whatever it is that is needed at that moment. And I have seen time and time and time and time again where even when you're, when you're the most distraught and you think it's the most out of your hands and then God shows up and does something. Uh, he's no respecter of persons. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. Well, and ultimately, the world can give you a lot of advice about how to deal with a situation. Everybody that you talk to is going to give you advice, and they're going to give you different advice. And then you have to sort through what's the right advice, what's the wrong advice. But only God is going to give you the right direction for your child, because only God knows the intimacy of your child's heart as well as your heart. So when you spend that time before the Lord and just seeking wisdom, knowing that when you ask God for wisdom, according to James 1, he will give it to you. You don't have to doubt. You just walk in what he brings to you. He's going to bring you to a place of forgiveness and strength and peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know there's a ton more we can say about that, but I want to throw out this thought about the the horizontal response before we need to kind of jump into the pay dirt that I've saved for the last here. And that's uh, how do we respond to the church? Um, I think that uh, the answer to this question has a lot to do with what happened. If something very serious happened, like sexual abuse, whatever, there's big steps that need to be taken there. And I'm not even sure I know all of what they are because I've actually never walked that road personally. But I will say this just to, to keep it general. If it is a problem with a person, that there is a person in the church who is acting in a way that the church does not approve of, then you need to go to the leaders of the church, the appropriate leader in the church, and tell them what happened in as less accusing way as possible to just let them know what happened and allow the church to walk through it. And you can stay at that church. Now, if you're dealing with something, and like I said, this is just the broad stroke. Um, if you're dealing with something that, uh, like, say, that there's been mismanagement of money or it was something financial, and uh, you're going to a church where when you walk in the front door, there's a life-size bronze statue of the pastor there, this church systemically probably has a problem with money and the way that money is viewed in Scripture. Maybe you should think about leaving that church. So if, like I said, if 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 it's a problem with a person, if the offense came from a person and it's something that does not fit with, with the culture of the church and the beliefs in the church, you can address it with that person. If there's a larger problem that is the church, then maybe you need to pray about moving to a different church 
as part of your solution to this so you don't put your child back into the same situation to have the same thing occur again. I mean, keeping in mind what the church is, there's the big C church, which is the universal body of Christ, and not labeling the entire body of Christ because of one experience in one church. Right. One church location, one, one smaller body of Christ does not paint the whole thing wrong. And then one person inside of the church, I think in general, we say one person hurt me, so therefore the whole church hurt me, therefore the universal church hurt me, therefore I now don't believe in God anymore. And that's the wrong approach to take. You need to think through it carefully and prayerfully so that you can identify where the problem is and address it in that place. Right. And that really opens the door perfectly for the last point I wanted to make in these these last minutes. And this is the most important thing. Um, if our kid has gone through something like this or is going through something like this, the place that we need to get them is back to the place or maybe even for the first time to a place where their faith is focused perf- like uh, completely on Jesus, mm-hmm. not as people. It's like, Okay, early on as a believer, if somebody had done something to me very nasty in the church, I probably would have left, knowing my personality. As a matter of fact, I didn't want to come to church because the first contact I had with born-again Christians was a, was a high school camping trip, and all the guys that I went with were jerks. They were first-class jerks. I wanted nothing to do with it. But, of course, you know, walk along much, much farther down the road. Now I'm, I'm late 50s. I've been walking for, with Jesus for 38 years. I don't care what the church does to me. I don't care because I love Jesus. Mm. I trust Jesus. And that's where we want to get our kids to when they've gone yeah. through something like this, to redirect, to refocus the, the implanting of their faith in the person, the word, and the works of Jesus. And part of that is understanding who you are in Christ, in Jesus, and that's not who you are in religion. You know, religion is separate from the person of Jesus. And for far too many people, they're very much attached. And your religion, if your religion is that you're a Christian and Christians hurt you, then you don't want to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. But who is Jesus? And when we look at that, we can be a person of faith, even when Christians hurt us. Yeah, it's the it's it's the Sunday school answer, folks. Jesus, (laughs) you know, getting getting uh, walking with our kid back to the the place of of separating out the the people that follow God from the God that they say that they follow. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to that parent heart of gently walking them through it, lovingly walking them through it, uh, getting back into God's word with your family together, reading the stories of Jesus, Uh, read it in chronological order. That's a great way to um, open up who Jesus is for yourself and your children is to get a chronological Bible and read through it in time order, the life of Jesus. It just brings new life and shows you his heart in a different way than just reading one of the Gospels. Yeah, and I think one of the most effective things that we can do for our kids to to connect them to the heart of Jesus, and this may sound a little crazy, it may sound a little off the wall, but it's to get them to serve. And I'm thinking maybe not maybe not even just in church. Maybe that's not the best place to start in this particular situation. Mm. Maybe the best place to start is to get them on a mission trip out somewhere where they're serving somebody who has greater need, you know, something that is that, that has traction. When you can get outside the context of the local church and you can see the big C church, yeah. the body of Christ at large. Exactly. See there you are, completing my thoughts mm-hmm. again. It Go changes for it. things. Oh, I'm done. You're good. <laughs> But yeah, it's a you know, like you said, the big C church. You're 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 getting to walk as Jesus walked. You're getting to do as Jesus did. You're getting to ex- experience the kinds of things that people experienced when they walked with Jesus in the first century. Because you're out on the Great Commission. Wow. I mean, I cannot tell you how many 
how many of those incredibly powerful moments you have with God. And just in my own life from the mission trips that I've gone on, and I even haven't even gone on as many of you as you, Melissa. But uh, Let me say, have you? Trying to look, I, at, I look back so. in my mind. You got me beat on that <laughs> one, too. But yeah, the point is, is you get out there, you start serving, and uh, it, it's not like all of your problems go away. It doesn't wash away all the injuries from the past, but at least you can participate in the heart of Jesus and reconnect to him that way. So your faith is rooted in him. It's grounded in him. You know the person of God better than you did before. Mm-hmm. And the more you know him, the stronger that is, the more you can separate the, the bad things that some people do to you, whether it's intentional or not. Well, you fall in love with the heart of Christ. And the more you fall in love with the heart of Christ, you can embrace Christ's people even when they're imperfect. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to Unshakable Faith, a ministry of Legacy Family Ministries. We rely on ministry partners who join with us financially so that we can produce quality resources and offer them to free for free to parents just like you. So if you want to partner with us financially, please text the word GIVE to 602-878-7814. That's 602-TRUST-14. Or you can give on our website at unshakablepodcast.com. And always remember, at Legacy, you can be a pro at raising your kids with unshakable faith.